0: The meeting will come to order. Welcome to the September 14th, 2023 meeting of the Human Rights Commission. I'm uh, Commission Chair Karen Clopton. I want to thank our San Francisco Human Rights Commission staff, Amelia Martinez Bankhead, Hatim Mansouri, and Anjanette Coates for providing technical assistance with this evening's meeting. Now I would like to open this evening's meeting with the Ramatushaloni land acknowledgement. Vice Chair Shah.
1: We acknowledge that we are on the unceded ancestral homeland of the Ramatushaloni, who are the original inhabitants of the San Francisco Peninsula. As the indigenous stewards of this land and in accordance with their traditions, The Ramatush Ohlone have never ceded, lost, nor forgotten their responsibilities as the caretakers of this place, as well as for all peoples who reside in their traditional territory. As guests, we recognize that we benefit from living and working on their traditional homeland. We wish to pay our respects by acknowledging the ancestors, elders, and relatives of the Ramatouche community, and by affirming their sovereign rights as First Peoples.
0: Secretary Knight, McKnight, do we have any announcements?
2: Thank you, Chair. This evening's meeting is being held at San Francisco's City Hall, 1 Dr. Carlton B. Goodlett Place from room 416. Members of the public can join us in person or participate remotely. Public comment will be available on each item in this agenda. Each speaker will be allowed two minutes to speak. People attending in person will be called on to speak first, followed by those attending remotely. Anyone calling in, please mute your phone until asked to speak. Please use the raise hand icon to indicate you'd like to participate in public comment.
0: Thank you, Secretary McKnight. Please call the next item.
2: Item one, call to order and roll call of commissioners. As I call your name, please affirm attendance by saying aye. Chair Karen Clopton. Aye. Vice Chair Ann Champion Shaw. Aye. Commissioner Duran. Aye. Commissioner Emron. Aye. Commissioner Kelleher. Commissioner Johnson, Commissioner Pellegrini, Aye. Commissioner Pimentel, Commissioner Sweet, Present. Commissioner Riley, here. Chair, we have quorum and the meeting can be called to order.
3: Thank you.
0: Now we will open general public comment. Please note that public comment on reparations will be made uh, during that agenda item, item four. We look forward to your comments then right now, please offer commentary on items not on the agenda that you wish to present to the commission. Are there any members of the public attending in person who would like to comment on items not on the agenda?
2: People attending in person are invited to make public comment. Public comment is up to two minutes. Please state your name if you'd like to be recorded in the minutes. Chair, I see no members of the public attending in person who wish to offer public comment.
0: Are there any members of the public who would like to provide testimony remotely? Please use the raised hand icon.
2: People attending remotely are now invited to make public, Sorry. Are any members of the public who would like to testify remotely? Chair, I see no persons attending remotely who wish to offer public comment.
0: Seeing none. Public testimony on items not on the agenda is now closed. Item three, adoption of the August 10,
2: 2023 meeting minutes review and anticipated adoption of the minutes from the Commission's August 10th, 2023 Commission meeting. This is a discussion possible action item. There will be
0: public comment. Minutes from the Commission meeting were distributed electronically. The meeting video is available on the Human Rights Commission website and transcription will be available upon request to the Commission Secretary. Now we will open public comment on the adoption of the August 10th, 2023 meeting minutes. Are there any members of the public attending in person who would like to comment on this item? People
2: attending in person are invited to make public comment. Public comment is up to two minutes. Please state your name if you'd like your name to be recorded in the minutes. Chair, I see no persons attending in person who wish to make public comment.
0: Are there any members of the public who would like to provide testimony remotely? Please use the raised hand function.
2: Chair, I see no persons attending remotely who wish to make public comment on this item.
0: Seeing none, public testimony is now closed. Commissioners, do you have any edits to the meeting uh, minutes? Seeing none, is there a motion to approve the minutes as submitted? So moved. Is there a second? Second. Was moved by Vice Chair Shaw and seconded by Commissioner Imran. Are there any objections? Then by unanimous consent, the minutes of the August 10th commission meeting have been approved as submitted. Please call the next item.
2: Item four, San Francisco Reparations Plan 2023. Executive summary of recommendations from the African-American Reparations Advisory Committee Leadership Awareness of Community Engagement Sessions the human rights commission review of recommendations including timelines for advancing recommendations and next steps including board of supervisors hearing and formation of the office of reparations the presentation will be by director Cheryl davis executive director of the human rights commission and chair eric mcdonnell chair of the african-american reparations advisory committee this is a discussion item and there will be public comment
0: we are joined Sorry. Okay. We are joined by uh, the chair and I think the co chair of the uh, African American Reparations Advisory Committee. Under the leadership of the chair, Eric McDonald, and vice chair, Tanish Hollins, this amazing group of people have created a a report defining the African American community's desires. for reparations here in San Francisco. This powerful and historic work will be presented here this evening in advance of the September 19th presentation to the Board of Supervisors. We will have much more to say about this meeting uh, throughout uh, this public meeting. Um, Let me take a moment to recognize the other members of the African-American Reparations Advisory Committee Gloria Berry, Reverend Dr. Amos Brown, Gwendolyn Brown, Tiffany Carter, Nicole Cunningham, Anieti Ekanem, Letitia Irving, Omerede Rico Hamilton, Daniel Landry, Shakayla O'Kane, James Taylor, and Starr Williams. To everyone on the committee and to the members of the public who have attended uh, all of their meetings and and been involved in this process and shared their thoughts we wish to thank you want to thank the committee and the commission staff that has supported the work of the committee as well as all the commissioners who have supported this process throughout there's been a lot of rhetoric locally and nationally about the efforts to bring uh, reparations to Black San Franciscans. Are reparations the right thing to do? Uh, We learned at our last meeting that indeed, California was not in reality a free state, but a slave state where thousands of enslaved uh, Africans worked and toiled in servitude sanctioned by the government of the state of California. I state without uh, reservation that reparations have been not only earned, but are owed. They were earned by the people who worked to the benefit of this country, of this state, and who received nothing in return. They were earned by those who fought for freedom, for basic human rights, for equality, all while being denied the ability to build and retain the wealth they brought to others. And those others owe, and the the succeeding generations owe reparations. Reparations is about paying that long overdue debt to people who have not only earned their place here in San Francisco, but who also deserve a return on generations of work in building this city. I now welcome to deliver this evening's uh, presentation on the African-American Reparations Advisory Committee Final Report. Chair of the African-American Reparations Advisory Committee, Eric McDonald.
4: Good evening, on. Thank you so very much, Chair Clapton, Vice Chair Shaw, Commissioners. Uh, again, Eric McDonald um, have had the honor uh, and privilege of chairing uh, the daunting work of the San Francisco African American Reparations Advisory Committee. Um, and as has already been stated, I would just add my thanks to, to my colleagues uh, who have served on this committee. Um, and since, as I say, day one, um the weight of the work, the import of the work, the implications of the work has been at the forefront for us and um and so I appreciate that we have collectively held and carried this work and have now been able to deliver <clears throat> excuse me a final report uh, let me also just before going walking you through the brief presentation um also really add my thanks on behalf of the committee to um, Director Davis and the staff that have supported us since, as I said, day one, um, and have really given us capacity we would not have otherwise had um, to do um, the important work of engaging community, the important work of analysis of input, um, both of historical Um, records and history as well as real-time input that we have gleaned from community members and so um, we are certainly indebted to again Director Davis and staff and 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 we appreciate that and certainly the backdrop that you as a commission that have held for us has been incredibly important um, because candidly um, not all of the city cheered Uh, when we launched this work or took on this work. And and that is a reality we have faced it uh, head on. uh, And I am proud of the work that we have done. Um, With that, let me um, then walk us through. You've already seen, um, and you all know this um, well as you helped construct it, but um, committee made up of individuals with uh, some combination of expertise and or lived experience Um, and the combination thereof has really enabled the committee to have kind of deep, robust um, and important conversation around how we could and should um, take in data, analyze and understand what it was telling us uh, and then shape the recommendations that are now embodied in the final report. Next slide, please. Uh, The timeline where we began in 2020, I won't walk you through each of the benchmarks. um, uh, But I would also just say we don't have to go back. That's fine. Um, Just that we are scheduled to sunset um, in January of 2024. Um, And important to note um, that as it stands now, and at least up and until there is an office that is stood up or some other entity, there is not a home. For this body of work Um, and certainly one of the things that is important um, to all um, certainly to the committee but to all is that there be a home that can sustain uh, the continued effort it will take um, over time to ensure implementation of as many of the recommendations um, as are deemed possible next slide please so the, the the work has been anchored against these core kind of questions, the why reparations, uh uh-oh, move too fast. There we go. Um, Address structural um, institutional harms um, that have been deep and long-standing, uh, accounting for generations of unpaid debt, as Chair Clapton referenced, um, to San Francisco's Black communities, the moral imperative to create policy that centers and benefits Black communities, uh, and finally, once-in-a-generation opportunity to take steps to close the generational racial wealth gap that has persisted um, for far too long. Next slide, please. One of the cornerstones of the work Um, again, since the beginning, has been our effort to ensure we were hearing from as many of our community stakeholders as possible through a number of different pathways, the meetings themselves. Um, We really did have robust community engagement in every single one of our uh, regular meetings, as well as meetings we were able to take to community. And we also, in the first six months of this calendar year, Opened up a community survey online where we were able to invite community members to give their perspective and input. And so this is a brief summary of that input. Next slide, please. Got
3: it.
4: Yes. Um, actually, I had the same experience when I got it earlier open and it started moving on its own. It's like, wait, wait, come back. So I, I appreciate that. Yes, thank you. Um, so uh, we got a total, at least in this context, of 885 uh, respondents, again, in that period uh, of the first six months of the year. Next slide, please. 71.8%, uh, stop it.
0: <laughs>
4: 71.8% of the respondents uh, have lived in San Francisco uh, for 20 plus years, 34.8% of the respondents who no longer live in San Francisco cited housing costs um, as the primary factor that drove them out of the city. Um, we asked the question, what issues are important to address um, through reparations? And here you can see uh, education, Top of the list, 71%. Named it, home ownership opportunities. Next, housing, uh, employment, and then the foundational wealth building um, that all have aspirations toward. Next slide, please. And just a, a, a couple of comments that folks offered in writing of note. Um, one, stop it. Uh, As an indigenous Latina, uh, when we support black reparations, we are better off as a society. Um, It's the least we can do, uh, and it's a starting point. uh, And then finally, anyone deserves uh, to be treated equal uh, and have equal opportunities. Next slide, please. And so we took all of this input. Should also note that we had wonderful support from um, Stanford um, and the law school and a group of law students who did some pretty significant research around the history uh, and evolution of out-migration of the the work that uh, the devastation of the redevelopment agency and its its acts upon um, the Fillmore. um, And all of that is embedded in this report to accompany and support the recommendations themselves. There are roughly 152, 153 recommendations um, the recommendations are embodied or categorized, if you will, uh, in the four categories of education, uh, economic empowerment, health, and public policy. And what we tried to articulate were both the systems change necessary um, in each of those areas, also the policy and practice change, and also the programmatic changes and shifts that we believe are necessary uh, to repair the harms that we have chronicled um, in the report. Next slide. So I'm gonna pause here, welcome Vice Chair Hollins. Um, The priority recommendations, you can go to the next slide, that's fine. Um, I'm going to invite her, if she will, to come and walk you through um, the priority recommendations that we have gathered um, as a driver towards where we would invite the city to uh, begin the efforts of implementation. Please.
5: Thank you, Chair McDonald. Good evening to all the commissioners. I appreciate you and Director HRC. Um, so this has been an exciting process to go through as a community, as a city. Uh, there are some things that were resoundingly clear to us, um, especially as we've gone through the community engagement proce- process. Under the area of economic empowerment, number one, there is clear consensus that financial reparations uh, need to happen for Black San Francisco. Um, we had a recommendation providing a one time lump sum payment of up to $5 million for each eligible person. We understand. Um, that it is for the city to figure out what and how they can provide financial reparations. Um, But it's very clear that the goal to close the wealth gap for the African-American population in the city is a top priority. Um, So looking at financial reparations, looking specifically at how to supplement um, African-American income, especially those that are lower than the AMI in San Francisco, um, rental housing and home ownership opportunities for all who qualify and really um, closing the gap of access. Um, for Black San Franciscans to be able to access rental and home ownership opportunities in the city. Spatial justice is another huge area for us in economic empowerment. Really being able to see um, Black entrepreneurs, Black business owners in all spaces of the city, all neighborhoods um, reflected throughout the economic infrastructure of the city. Um, So finding opportunities to expand that, not only through creating Black cultural districts, not just in southeast or in pockets of the city, but all over the city, creating a multi-million dollar fund to buy property, um, buildings that we can use to create these corridors and spaces for Black businesses and Black housing cooperatives. Uh, And again, some of this work is happening through different initiatives in the city, but the reparations process really calls for us to figure out how we can expand and anchor that um, in lots of different ways. Job creation and succession, you know, wanting to build out, the bench of investing in um, high quality and sustainable jobs for African-Americans in the city, um, and lots of doubling down on investment in um, black business and entrepreneurship and ownership. How are you switching this, Chairman, Nona? I am not. You are not, someone else else. is. Thank you. Thanks for who's driving. Um, For education, again, a a top priority for our community. Um, There's been a huge call to establish an Afrocentric school. Um, for Black students in San Francisco, K through 12, but we also heard uh, in the community engagement sessions, um, a real desire to see pre-K and early childhood development specifically for African American children. Um, And so that is something that we've heard uh, a clear resounding call for um, also the establishment of a historically Black college or HBCU. Uh, We have a lot of space, unfortunately, available in San Francisco that could be utilized For something like this in partnership with the city Um, and then recruiting retaining and supporting african-american educators as a primary way to interrupt the school to prison pipeline Uh, making sure that we have the cultural competency but also the emotional and mental health supports that we need for our students to deal with unaddressed trauma, to um, build with healthy coping skills and anger management, um, but also to be more innovative in the ways that we see healing in our communities. This isn't just about dealing with um, the challenges and the things that, we, that are living within us because of the trauma and disenfranchisement that we see in the black community, but it's also about lifting up our resilience. So what are the ways that we can empower black students and educators to do that through this reparations process and through the resources that we have available? Um, Working more closely with the DA and public defenders offices to implement uh, cash incentive programs, Um, and this isn't to pay people to not commit crimes, this is about closing the wealth gap and opportunity for people who are disenfranchised, um, many of them who have had past contact with the criminal justice system, we know they are less likely to be employed, less likely to be housed, less likely to be stable, so if we can close Um, the financial need for individuals, we decrease the likelihood that they may commit crime or be in environments where we see that type of activity. Next slide. Health. Um, It is no secret that um, the African-American community in San Francisco is definitely at the bottom of the totem pole or the highest depending on how you're looking at it and overrepresentation of health issues in the city, whether that's physical uh, or mental health. So we wanna close that gap by addressing the root causes and making sure that we have our own infrastructures to provide health as many other communities do. Um, we'd like to see that same investment and really um, create safe spaces where people to get access to care, removing the barriers to access to care, Looking at how we expand free healthcare and healthcare programs that are specifically for African American residents in San Francisco, making sure that we see Black doctors, nurses, practitioners, clinical spaces that speak to us and that we can um, communicate. Don't have to go through the stats, and many of you, especially in the seats that you occupy, um, are aware of the disparities that exist for. Um, the Black community and the outcomes that we see around Black infant mortality, around pain management, when people in our community express that they have a chronic illness and may not be able to get the treatment that they want. Um, or need, um, even for access to rehabilitation and other types of treatment. So we want to close that gap. We know that the Department of Public Health works hard. We also know that there's significant financial investment um, in Department of Public Health to address black health disparities. And we don't always see that translate in the kind of care that we see in our community. So we want that to change. Next slide, please. Policy, one of my favorite areas. we oh okay. I think I was. Gonna say, I don't think it's the next steps yet. Um So it is critical and important that we not only look at existing local policy, but we look at creating new legislation. We look at fixing broken legislation that has uh, contributed to what we see happening for the Black community in San Francisco. Um, and there are lots of ways that we can continue to do that and demonstrate what it looks like through initiatives that the city may lead, but it's gonna take action. In order for there to be good legislation, there's gonna to have to be strong leadership that really understands what reparations is about and what we're trying to do. Um, so commissions like this and other city entities and partners really, really um, would have to join in partnership with us on expanding policy and legislation um, that helps us achieve what we're trying to do for our community. And there are lots of examples of the harm. Um, they're all in the report, but you see them every single day. Um, whether it is the process of redevelopment and the slow process of people being access, being able to access certificates of preference and getting housing, um, to racialized redlining and segregation that still exists, even if the law says different, it's still uh, enforced in policy and practice and um, socially. And so it's going to take leadership to change that it's not just about writing good law or introducing good ideas it's going to take leadership to challenge that and say that we want different. Next slide. The one thing that I didn't speak to that was at the bottom of that slide was having a nonpartisan advisory committee that works arm in arm with the city to implement the recommendations that we have in this report, we uh, know, and we're grateful for an investment in an office of reparations which is still in design and will be take time to staff um, and will take more investment to build out because we appreciate um, what's been allocated. But we know in order to get this to scale it's going to take a significant investment and a longer investment than just the two years that we have on the front end. Um, In that time, though, we cannot um, totally rely on the small city department and all of the mighty work that the HRC has done to continue moving our work forward. Um, We really do need to make sure that we have continued community participation and advocacy and also insight um, to really drill down on the 100 plus recommendations and how we see them coming to life in our community. So having a nonpartisan uh, committee um, to work on enforcement and at some point um, distribution of the resources that we see here, Uh, is gonna be very necessary. And now we are at next steps. Just
4: before we go to next steps,
5: if I may. um,
4: One thing that I realized didn't make it into the deck but is in the report itself are just three overarching recommendations that we wanted to include as well. One of which speaks to what Vice Chair Um, Hollins just mentioned. So one of them is the city and county um, and its agencies issue a formal apology for past harms and commit to making substantial ongoing systemic and programmatic investments in black communities to address historical harms. Secondly, the city and county um, establish an independent office, which we're in the process of doing within the city to execute this plan. Um, This office must track implementation of the recommendations uh, of the reparations plan and ensure continued success of programming. Uh, and then finally, the city and county must create a, and fund a committee of community stakeholders, such as a reparation stakeholder authority, uh, similar to that which was done in Evanston, um, to ensure equity and continuity in implementation uh, of the relevant policy initiatives, um, independent of the city and county uh, of San Francisco. So again, those are in the report, just didn't make it into the deck want to mention that next steps. Go ahead.
5: The next step is getting everyone in agreement with those three recommendations. (laughs) Quite literally, Um, you can go to the next slide. So as you all may be aware, is there a next slide? Okay. Um, We do have our hearing uh, with the Board of Supervisors this coming Tuesday, the 19th, um, that will take place at 3pm but we will be having or sorry 2pm and then this item will be heard around uh, 3pm. But earlier that day at noon, we will have a rally uh, on the front steps of City Hall. We're inviting all the community members, partners and allies. It's very, very important that we have a broad representation of voices um, to help with the public education and the advocacy for reparations. Um, We were fortunate enough in the first hearing to hear from every member of the board, um, their commitment and their own personal stories of how even some of their own family members were able to receive reparations due to the harm that was done to them and their communities. So it's important that we have all of the voices uh, a part of this work um, in helping all communities understand why this is important, not just for Black San Francisco, but for San Francisco as a whole and for the country. Um, So that will be taking place on Tuesday. You see our colorful uh, visual here. We hope to have a thousand people at City Hall standing in agreement with us. And we can go to the next slide. And then community endorsements. Um, You know, we have had strong participation in our monthly meetings over the past two years. I think just Monday night we had a caller call in from Gambia, from Africa. Um, We've had folks who have really been dialed into this, people who were originally from San Francisco and displaced, and then people who have been here for generations and remain here, Um, and a number of community programs, coalitions, and organizations who support um, the importance of this work. So we have invited folks to sign on, either as individuals or the best representation um, that they'd like to, to contribute to this work. Um, and more can be found out about this at sfreparations.org. There is a link to sign on in support and should be a list generated of um, the numbers of people who have added their names. Is there another slide? That's it? There's the thank you. Um, And I know I wasn't here when Chair McDonald opened up, but I'm sure he did, and so I'll echo it. Um, really, really want to give a huge thanks to um, the HRC, specifically Director Davis and her team, um, for the back-end administrative um, emotional social support that they have given to the committee um, as we've been through this, this process together. Um, and to all of you and your leadership and your roles and opening the floor for this conversation tonight. Um, it's going to take, as I said earlier, all of our leadership um, to help the city understand the importance of this, but also hold them accountable for repairing the harm. And we know um, that repairing harm for our community means full circle healing for all communities in San Francisco. And that is the goal. So we appreciate you all taking the time to support this process, learn more about um, the actual recommendations in the process that we've um, been engaged in and what we look forward to happening in the future. Thank you,
3: Dr. Davis.
6: Okay, I am just waiting for the slides to come up, and I will go through them. And then I think the questions will come after I do this, or did you want to do this? The Would you rather... I go through
0: after the presentation. Then we're going to go to public comment, and then and then the commissioners will will have questions. Okay. Okay.
6: So I'm just going to go through um, the advisory committee. uh, Really, the relationship between the HRC, the advisory committee, talk about the process, the recommendations, and the next steps. So, just as background, in terms of the process. the African-American Reparations Advisory Committee was meant to advise um, the Board of Supervisors, the mayor and the the Human Rights Commission, both the director of the department, as well as the commission, this body itself and the public on the reparations plan. And so giving the updates that they've done to share the final plans. um, In addition, the Human Rights Commission was authorized to develop um, stipends in the process um, for the members of the committee to be able to receive that. And then the administrative support. So, in that regard, I definitely want to give a shout out to Brittany Chiquata, who is home with her newborn and um, she had a baby boy, um, and um, as well as Joelle Stewart. Um, Hatim Mansouri, um, Anjanette Coates, Kathy Mulkey-Meyer, who is back, and I know she's listening online, um, and countless others who've been engaged, but um, and Zach Manuel as well. But I want to give special recognition to Brittany, Jewel, and Zach, who have been um, the main supporters and the administrative support for the advisory committee, being very engaged and supportive um, of that work. And I know John has been helping pitch in as needed as well. So uh, want to recognize that part of the process. We can go to the next slide. Um, So we've also throughout this process tried to be supportive when asked um, to provide consultants or think about ways that we can contribute and support the process. Um, The African American Reparations Advisory Committee was, they submitted a report, a draft plan and a final plan, all of which were supposed to go to the commission as well as to the mayor, the board of supervisors, the public as whole. And then ultimately the Human Rights Commission was supposed to post the plans as they were presented. Um, Now, if we go to the next slide, I can talk a little bit about where we are in this process and where, what is next. And so ultimately um, we're at the point where the commission, the committee submits their recommendations. Um, The recommendations were given to the board. The hearing will happen uh, next week. They were also presented to this body, this body has, and I'm not sure if this is listed as an action item, this body has the opportunity to say uh, if there are specific recommendations or if they just wanna support wholly the recommendations or if there are things that they would like to advance. Um, And so likewise with the mayor, the board of supervisors and uh, the public as well at large. Where we are now is that um, legislation was introduced to create the um you know we can see that john oh um the legislation was created to um introduced to create the office of reparations four million dollars was um was allocated to the human rights commission two million per year for two years to create the office of reparations without approval from the mayor's budget office that money does nothing more than sit in our budget and so we are at the position now where we need to work with the mayor's budget office as well as the city attorney's office on how we can proceed and how we can do so, if I'm honest, in a way, um, you know, I have to get approval from the mayor's budget office, engage with the controller's office and the city attorney's office, and they are all gonna be very concerned about the legal um, implications of any of this. And so that is just something I wanna make folks aware of, no matter how much I personally may wanna do something, I'm limited in how far we can move without um, engaging. So the recommendations have been submitted. Um, funding has been, submi- has been allocated to develop the Office of Reparations. Uh, and so as we go to the next slide, I can talk a little bit more about the next steps. Next slide, too. So we are at a place now, there were um, a series of community uh, engagement sessions. Over 200 people participated in those engagement sessions over the last few weeks. Um, and we were able to look at from those community engagement sessions, some of the ideas and priorities that came from that process and what resonated. I'm in the beginning of um, having some of those conversations with the city attorney's office around how to proceed. And just want to say um, the conversations that I have with the city attorney are um, confidential and privileged and that, and that I'm not supposed to necessarily say exactly what was told to me in those conversations, but that we have been, having them in our beginning to uh, advance some of the, the ideas and how to best do that in a way um, that is within the bureaucratic process. Next slide. So um, I just mentioned that. So the main thing is to make sure from the city attorney's office that as I move forward and anything that I discuss publicly um, is, we are sure that it, that they are legally sound and that we will be able to advance them. Next slide. So the potential objectives for Office of Reparations have been working um, really closely with different departments within the city on how to move that forward. And some of the things both from the report itself as well as through this process that have been outlined for potential objectives for the Office of Reparations that would allow us to kind of move them forward and make the case to the mayor's office is to understand the reparations landscape to really understand what's happening locally as well as statewide and nationally and be able to um, really leverage what's already being put forward and what uh, is set as an example, to add details to the reparations plan in terms of the steps and the partners and the pieces that we need to actually advance them, to support implementation of the proposals that have been outlined, and then to develop and support a public education campaign. Those are all things that have been identified as um, kind of the next steps and um, the the case for developing an office of reparations. Uh, Next slide. Um, With regards to uh, the recommendations and from the community engagement sessions, um, things that have been elevated that we have the potential to um, in this process to leverage both the the Human Rights Commission as well as the office of reparations, if that gets authorized and move forward, Uh, lease of the Fillmore Heritage Center to qualified African American business operators. Um, And just making a point there that we are, as the city, the Mayor's Office of Housing and Community Development is in the final stages of um, selecting an operator. The idea Short term is that the operator would not pay anything to access and use those funds and would be able to, and that the Human Rights Commission, along with other departments, would give them funding to actually um, do some of the necessary renovations in that space. And if all goes well, that that building, um, yes, could either be given for a dollar a year or be given away um, indefinitely to the operators of that building. Those are the things that we're currently trying to do that we can definitely leverage um, the reparations work for fully fund African-American cultural districts and seed them financially for the first five to 10 years is a proposal that I am reviewing with uh, the city attorney's office and will circle back with um, the Mayor's Office of Housing and Community Development, and then create a fund to purchase communal spaces, again, is something likened to um, the recommendation of um, stakeholder authority, the idea of figuring out uh, who could be funded, what that funding, what those partnerships could look like, where we could grant money to an entity to actually take on that role to be able to help purchase Um, communal spaces and work with community partners. Next slide. And I I should note that is from the economic empowerment. Those were the top three. um, And I will say in that one, that would mean that it got over 90 people said that those were things that they were interested in. Um, With regards to education, um, the top three that we saw from the last community engagement sessions introduced mandatory core black history and culture curriculum fund after-school programs, reinstate trade pathways, and vocational. Um, I have been told, you know, some of this may be outside the jurisdiction of us as a city agency, and that we could explore ways to incentivize SFUSD to do some of this, right? So what is the way that the board could potentially introduce legislation or a resolution um, for a good number of the educational ones specifically. I think that there is some room to think about whether it's through the Human Rights Commission or Department of Children, Youth, and Families around the after school programs and media literacy. But these are things that uh, have been identified as things that we could look at um, initially to move forward. That um, while we, because again, $2 million is not a huge amount. And with the staffing and things, this might be something that is. As the old folks used to say, low-hanging fruit. Uh, next slide. Around health, uh, create free educational pathways to recruit, train, and retain Black healthcare professionals. Uh, and if we, if and I just wanted to make mention of the HBCU satellites, which didn't make it onto that last one, but that is something that um, over the last two years, um, or at least a year and a half after recommendations through uh, other another community process. I know Diane Gray and other folks had asked and we have been um, through the mayor's office as well as um, the Human Rights Commission involved engaged with Howard Spellman, Clark Atlanta, um, Morris Brown, um, Charles Drew Medical School in, in Los Angeles to think about ways to partner. So the HBCU satellite is also one that has been uh, that we're hoping to get more support to move forward as a part of the reparations work. With regards to the um, health, these are the three that were elevated through the community engagement process outside of, these are outside of the priorities that you have already seen and heard from um, the uh, the committee itself. Um, the issue apology from city and county of SF, Um, SFDPH, I know that um, Chair Clopton, you've done something previously like that with the Department of Public Health, um, provide funding to schools, churches, and other community spaces for wellness, nutrition, and education. And then the pathway pipelines is something that we could definitely, um, I think, build out and begin to show some movement towards. Uh, Next slide, please. Um, Generate local political support. These are our policy areas. to repeal Prop 209, audit the War on Drugs Era policies, and then establish and enforce a city policy to prioritize the creation of low income and ultra low income housing. Um, So these are things again, that could potentially begin to to move forward um, while we are working on standing up the Office of Reparations and um, moving the funds that have been allocated. Next slide.
3: I think we're going backwards. Oh
6: <laughs> This is a test. so we're just making sure you remembered what you already saw. <laughs> um, so initial opportunities, and sorry the the font is a little bit funky um, for us to advance and move forward um, as we do this work formal apology working with the Board of Supervisors, established Office of Reparations working with the Mayor's Office, um, support statewide reparation efforts, landmark preservation work, Black historical cultural centers, gun violence intervention model, audit war on drugs policies, declare community violence as a public health crisis, culturally responsive substance abuse services, increase voter civic engagement participation, support efforts to repeal Prop 209, um, HBCU satellite satellite and then support for our seniors, just in terms of um, conversations around cash disbursements and what that can look like. I know that uh, in all of these different efforts, what has come to the forefront is for so many seniors, this idea that this is happening is huge and unbelievable, but also um, the idea that they may not live to see it actually come to pass. And so what would it look like to um, be able to offer um, some sort of cash payments or disbursements to um, folks of a certain age, um, and that may be living in different uh, neighborhoods or thinking about how we do that and how we leverage it in a way that um, will help us avoid any um, worries about breaking Prop 209 or other things, but being very intentional about we want to make sure that our elders who have gone through this live through these days and era and get to experience or taste some piece of it while we we figure it out. And I believe that is the the last slide on that. So I will stop there.
0: Thank you so much, Director Davis, Director Dr. Davis, Chair McDonald and and Vice Chair Hollins. Thank you so much for uh, your presentation, all of your hard work, and uh, the recommendations. Now we will open public comment. Are there any members of the public attending in person who would like to comment on this item?
2: People attending in person are invited to make public comment. Public comments up to two minutes please state your name if you'd like to your name to be recorded in the minutes
7: absolutely so i'm daniel landry i part of the reparations task force committee uh um, the lead of the policy subcommittee i just want to uh i just wanted to just first of all give thanks to uh hrc staff um of course all of my uh colleagues uh chair mcdonald uh Tanisha hollins and other members of the task force, as well as Shimon Wong for introducing uh, this legislation that called this body into existence. And on my way down here, I was thinking about, you know, elders to just speak about our seniors, you know, receiving some type of reparations first. Uh, A lot of my work in 30 years here in San Francisco in this room, by the way, redevelopment agency meetings is very humbling to me And I had a conversation with Zach before the meeting started just thinking about people like Espinola Jackson and, you know, and Miss Westbrooks and Charlie Walker and Mary Rogers. And I know that reparations is nothing new, but I would hope, you know, with this plan, the city of San Francisco can see that a lot of people didn't live to see reparations, you know, so this is something that I take to heart and as I uh, try to motivate those where we worked through this plan for the last two and a half years, when you get tired or feel frustration, think of Emmett Till. Think of those who didn't again get to this point. So I, I want to thank the commission because I, I've heard a lot of you speak about reparations on the record, off the record. And I've been uh, attached to social media lately, and there's a lot of conversation throughout the world about what we're doing here in San Francisco. A lot of people are depending actually on every step we make towards making this a reality. So thank you, Commission, and again, um, well done. Thank you.
3: Hello, my
8: name is Taylor Zachary. Um, I'm a risk manager in the FIDA. Um, I was born in Berkeley, and my mother and I moved to Ohio after the financial crisis, and I moved back here. I am a member of the Mechanics Institute, the oldest chess club in the country. And there is a principle in chess to um, basically one of the highest orders of generalship, is to defeat your enemy's will to fight rather than actually defeating the enemy. And so throughout history, they've not defeated our will to fight. And so I just say thank you to the commission. Um, I know that uh, the laborers are few and the harvest is many, uh, many, so keep your endurance.
6: Good evening, Commission. Uh, My name is Gwendolyn Brown. I'm actually seat 10 on the reparations task force, Um, and I'm going to keep it super brief and just say that um, I'm asking on behalf of uh, San Francisco and the community. um, We hope that HRC and the Human Rights Commission um, endorses the reparations recommendations, stands with the task force and the work that we've put in um, around reparations. there's a lot of uh, different things that stick out for different folks, but um, ultimately this really uh, boils down to um, repair and harm. And um, I think that's synonymous with San Francisco. So hope that you all continue to join us and continue the San Francisco legacy um, in repairing harm. Thank you.
3: Are there any members of the
2: public attending in person who wish to present Chair, I see no other persons attending in person who wish to present on this item.
0: Are there any members of the public who would like to provide uh, testimony remotely? Please use the raised hand icon.
2: Chair, I call upon Malik Seneferu.
9: Hello, can everyone hear me? Yes, we can. Okay, thank you, thank you. I wanted to thank everyone. I never get a chance to do this, but I just wanted to thank everyone who made this moment possible, and all of the many years uh, that has been that has went on to, up to the point where we have um, even the mayor, London Breed. You know, all of uh, all of us have played an important part for this moment to exist. Uh, as we say, reparations now. Uh, you know, again, as uh, some people have said earlier, this is about repairing a harm. And if there is a harm in the city, then the city is in harm. So the most important part of this is to repair the harm. Uh, And our children could be able to see this. They understand the importance of repairing their own harm. Uh, Our communities will have the opportunity to repair their own harm once their harm can be seen by a greater faction, which is here in the city. Also, uh, I'd just like us to think about, you know, the things uh, that have happened over the time, as many of you already know, uh, there's been all kinds of uh, events that have taken place for other, uh, other groups of people, you know, in terms of, you know, having free rents for 50 years, all of those other different types of things that have happened to make uh, societies exist, and it's just never really happened for Black communities, so... I just want to recharge that that concept there. I really want to give a big thanks to HRC, ARAC, the, uh, you know, the African-American uh, uh, Reparations Committee, uh, and um, any way that I can be of help. I'm, I'm here in Alice Griffith, Double Rock. So if you don't see me at the meetings, it's because I'm out here moving around, but I'm definitely listening all the time. And I just want to tell you, I thank you, I thank you, I thank you, and I, I yield.
2: Are there any members of the public attending remotely who wish to offer public comment? If so, please raise your hand, use the hand icon. Chair, I see no other, uh, wait one, I'm calling upon Nikia.
7: Hello everyone, Um, my name is Nequa Jones. Um, I am a um, San Francisco born and
6: raised and I just wanted to come in here first and say thank you to everyone that's here. And two, for allowing us the ones who don't necessarily have a voice to be
7: heard. Um, this is um, monumental to the growth of San Francisco. And so, again, I just want to say thank you.
6: And I hope we can continue to support the recommendations um, for the next 100 years, honestly, um, so we can, uh, um, again, continue to repair the harm that has been done to the to our communities. Thank you. And thank you.
2: Thank you. Next, I will call upon Elliot.
3: Hi, uh, my name is Elliot Hellman. I grew up in the city. Um, I'm not African-American, but this is like people said, this has been a long time, time coming. We know, you know, I think Most white people at this point are aware of all the stumbling blocks that have been put in front of our African-American friends and neighbors. And it's. I think reparations, as somebody said earlier, it will repair the harm that's been done to all of us, to our community and to our city. So I really appreciate that we're given the opportunity to face up to what we've done and to try to make amends. So thank you very much.
2: Thank you. Are there any other members of the public attending remotely who would like to offer comment on this item? Chair, I see no other persons attending remotely who wish to offer comment on this item.
0: Seeing none, public testimony is now closed.
2: There was a hand that popped up very quickly and went back down. I has not come back up, and so we can proceed. If they raise their hand again, let you know.
0: All right. Well, we're going to move along, and at this point, on on this item, uh, public testimony is closed. All right.
3: Commissioners.
0: We've had this report since uh, July 7th and uh, everyone has reviewed it. We've had an executive summary, which is excellent. Uh, We had, we dedicated our August 10th meeting to uh, reparations and the pre- excellent presentation by professor F- uh, felser on california slave state and all the different reparations movements so this isn't a new concept many other groups have received reparations which we've learned in depth about those particular groups and those initiatives we've also been educated by the community and the public on the importance of reparations and on San Francisco's unique situation with respect to not only redlining, but also uh, with eminent domain and the redevelopment process, which as James Baldwin Uh, so famously stated, sounded like Negro removal to him. And indeed it was given all of that, please have your comments, contribute your comments and concerns. I am urging for an endorsement of the, and a unanimous one at that of the recommendations um, and with that, we'll start with Reverend Shaw.
1: Um, I'm very emotional right now. I am. Um, just to see it all come into fruition. And I know the hard work of uh, Chair McDonald, Vice Chair Hollins, Dr. Davis, and so many others have put in timeless hours and Dedication and work to produce such an incredible, incredible piece of work. Um, just let the record show, you know, that the phenomenal job that you all have done and the impact that it's going to make, not only for African American San Franciscans, but for African Americans across this nation. Um, the fact that is, people are watching, you know, I heard you all saying that, you know, it's all out in the social media, what we're doing here in San Francisco. And so uh, the success of our city is dependent upon the success of other cities who will follow in our stead. So um, thank you so much. Um, I have a couple of questions. Um, I know one uh, being that um, I think it was um, mentioned, I saw a little slip of paper where a Latina had talked about her support um, for um, African Americans, We have to say that receiving reparations, because that's been said, as we know, reparations is not a new word. It's not a strange word. What is that? It has happened. Other uh, minority groups have been benefited from reparations. Um, so in that, have we, um or have you, um, as a group, received uh, any kind of um, encouragement or support from other minorities uh, standing in support of us and trying to get reparations? Thank
4: you, Vice Chair. Shaw. Yes. Um, the short answer is yes. Okay. Um, it has been kind of intermittent.
1: Yeah.
4: Um, probably the most one of the most consistent. Um, as a coalition, Mm -hmm. has been the Black and Jewish Coalition, um, where they have been consistently um, hosting community conversations on their own. Mm -hmm. Um, They've shown up in each of and all of our hearings Mm -hmm. uh, and have already declared their support in terms of the upcoming hearing and the rally on on Tuesday. There have been individuals Mm -hmm. from other communities that have declared their allyship um, so but there had not been a lot of coalitions. What we're hoping is that that endorsement process mm-hmm. that we have open now will elicit folks to declare mm-hmm. uh, more mm-hmm. publicly mm-hmm. their mm-hmm. their allyship in support of the work. Mm-hmm. That's yeah. great.
1: Thank, Thank you so you. much. Thank you so much. And also, um second, um at first, I want to say I want to continue to say, these things begin with leadership, and I really don't think we give our mayor enough credit, Mayor Breed who has just been all along the way, just offering her support uh, for this endeavor. And so we are blessed as a city to have an amazing, wonderful, blessed mayor and Mayor London Breeze. I, I just wanna say that. Also moving to the second part, um because it's like what's next I know you said January 2024 is the sunset of the AARC and so after that uh, it's the office of reparations I know Dr. Davis you touched on that is there some kind of timeline and when that will actually come to pass in 2024 I know we're in the initial early stages but just trying to see what's next with that
10: um
6: so ultimately the the um with much love and adoration for our dear beloved mayor. Um, ultimately, the moving forward of the Office of Reparations is contingent upon the mayor's budget office authorizing use of the funds. Okay. That's why I will say, I think that, you know, I can definitely come back with a timeline on the initial um, recommendations that I thought we could move forward and talk about how that process can begin. Mm-hmm. But that those are things that I propose that we can move on while we wait for the process for the Office of Reparations. The the Office of Reparations would not be able to staff, if we are authorized to hire, the soonest we would be able to hire someone would be probably November, December, uh, because the the release of funds would not happen till October. And that means that we wouldn't be able to start the, the request to fund a position until the middle of October. Which then takes anywhere from six weeks to three months to actually do the the hiring, so um, I propose that some of the work um, as much as possible begin now, and we will definitely begin the conversations with the um, with the city attorney's office on how to best move things forward okay but I, for me, I think the committee itself, and i don 't know if Vice Chair Hollins or Chair um, McDonald want to speak on this. I think the committee itself is intent on um, advancing and moving and um, thinking about the the partner organization or agency that lives outside of the city and county that's not um, mandated to that process. I think there are conversations to be had with philanthropic organizations around seeding some of that, but I don't know if you want to say more about it.
5: Thank you, Dr. Davis. Yeah, that is the intention, right? We know that we cannot, while the city obviously has an obligation to work through uh, and commit to this process, we can't solely rely on the city and county um, for the support implementation. And we've seen this modeled in other cities across the country um, who are looking at this model or trying to get it in some iteration that um, having relationships with philanthropy or outside entities is for sure a smart move. Um, And so it's work we continue to do to build those relationships, but also see um, how we can get it. I also wanna add that another huge piece of this mentioned uh, by Sher Shaw about um, allies and folks outside of our community Mm -hmm. is the need for us to really build out a strong public education component around reparations that translates for all communities in San Francisco. So that of course would not be something that the city itself could hold, but the community could lead and could lead in partnership um, with outside entities. So those, that's the kind of things that we're looking at. Great.
1: Thank you so much.
3: Commissioner Durant.
11: Good evening, everyone. Thank you so much for the presentation and this wonderful report. People maybe out, who haven't seen it or outside our immediate circles will See how they'll, they'll think it's so lengthy it's so robust but really this is just scratching the surface you know on uh, inequities the disenfranchisement and the hurt let's call it what it is a lot of pain a lot of hurt that uh the black community has experienced and um so i just want to acknowledge that first and foremost um and and i i see the great work that the hrc staff mega black um uh, the reparations uh platforms are doing on social media to get the word out and to engage the community uh given that there were about 200 plus folks present at those ongoing sessions i'm just curious because uh I, I i'd like to know if there were any focus areas with oh two questions any focus areas within the report that seemed to still stand out or stood out in particular to uh to the community members and a follow-up question. Uh, Were there any areas that may not have been covered or fully covered in this report that came up by certain community members?
3: I I will start
6: by saying, I think, you know, we were pretty pretty clear with community members when they came in that the final recommendations have been presented and that we weren't going to be able to necessarily um, augment the report. Um, I will say the one thing that um that has been a, a through line for a lot of this is around certificates of preference and the ineffectiveness of that to some degree, and folks asking about housing and and those pieces. And so I think that there's something that we definitely connected some folks with New Community Leadership Foundation, which is leading a lot of that work. So that that was one area that was that is actually in the report, but that people were like, we need to do more in, in that regard. And then I will say, you know, I will leave it to um, the chair and the vice chair to speak uh, about some of it. But I will say um, the thing that folks really wanted to make sure of is, yes, people want a cash payment. But if we look back at the um, legislation that introduced the African-American Reparations Advisory Committee and what folks said is like, don't forget there are 100 other recommendations in this report and that a part of this is about making sure that harms don't continue. So if we give people money and like in the days of um, Jackie Robinson or Hank Aaron and other folks that got money and then weren't allowed to buy in certain places in the city, then if we still have those de facto kind of uh, rules, um, then it's gonna, it won't make any difference how much money we give people. Mm -hmm. If they are still, if people are still walking past you on the street, clutching their purses and moving their babies, then it, you know, like the money only goes so far. So people have been very clear about, don't try to um, make it seem like as we've gotten some of the emails that, you know, black folks are being greedy when actually the money is about the past harm and the other recommendations are about the continuing harm. So I would just say, um, get past the $5 million and look at all the other things that are in there, but.
5: So Dr. Davis, um, excuse me, mentioned one that I think is really important which is guarantees a non-repetition. And how do we ensure that? So how do we prevent similar or additional harm from happening through policy? It's also through socially in practice, just how people orient themselves to the black community in San Francisco. Um, But being intentional at looking at policies, whether we're introducing them or changing them, how specifically do they impact black San Franciscans? The other one um, is uh, around forgiveness for loans, debts, um, and, when, I won't say if, when there is a cash repair, making sure that that cash repair doesn't conflict with other subsidies or financial um, situations that many of our Black San Franciscans may be in. We know the truth that in order to live in this city, um, a good number of people who are in our community are here because they have subsidized housing or they have fixed incomes so if there is an influx of resources like cash repair how do we make sure that this then doesn't disqualify them um, from their housing or their SSI or anything else that they have as a safety net to stabilize their lives um, and that's something that obviously we have to look at the legality behind but also create a pathway um, so that people are not having to choose between having a benefit to repair harm that they are entitled to and then just being able to survive and stay here in the city beyond that.
4: Two things that I would just name briefly, that is one is that's in and one that in hindsight wish we had um, positioned more prominently. The one that is in that has been a a part of the current community engagement and a theme throughout from community um, is um, that space of economic development that focuses on entrepreneurship, access to capital, um, so that folks can begin to, again, chart their own course towards building, um, um, uh, I'm sorry, economic wealth, right, and capacity. then um, that's on the individual side. And the other part of that equation has been, and theme has been, um, access to the opportunities on the public sector side around the letting of rfps um, and access those opportunities around construction um, and development that could repeatedly at least as we hear from contractors and um, black black contractors that have limited access to um, either it's because the the quality Qualifications are so high that they are excluded, um, you know, whether that's intentional or not, so in some ways is irrelevant. Um, it, it, it happens. Um, and so that, that, and that has been a, a consistent theme kind of throughout. Um, one area that we did not name as prominently, that as I think about it now, I, I, I wish we had, quite frankly. Um, and, and I think I'm hopeful that there's a way for us to bring this into the equation. And it speaks to the hurt and the pain that you referenced, mm-hmm. right? There's a whole element of truth and reconciliation. That kind of sits on top of or beneath foundationally mm-hmm. all of this work, right? Folks have been harmed and been harmed over generations. And so the wounds and pains are deep um, and uh, significant. And I believe we need uh, elements of truth and reconciliation when we look at, you know, what. South Africa was able to do right in in, in their country. I think we need similar efforts here um, that blend these efforts, these tangible efforts of repair with the social and emotional uh, efforts of repair as well.
11: Thank you. Mm -hmm. Thank you.
0: Commissioner Johnson.
8: Hello, Uh, I want to also thank the leadership for this amazing report and the entire committee. Um, not only do you speak on behalf of the community here in San Francisco, you speak on behalf of generations and generations of people who have been wronged, who have been denied um, access, and and things that are grant have been granted to many many other people. Uh, I also want to acknowledge what you just said about about the trauma, the generational compounding of trauma and what needs to be done to repair that. Um, I was looking at the survey that you mentioned that was taken earlier this year, and this was also something that really resonated with me and also sort of reinforces what um, uh, uh, the director just mentioned as well, is around how do we make sure, or, or excuse me, the priority in terms of how this funding is going to be used in ranked order here was education, home ownership opportunities, housing, employment, and the fifth one being wealth, develop, wealth building. And so when I looked at that ranked order, I see the fact that those first four are all about how do we continue to provide access or create access that wasn't there before, in fact, was taken away and was denied to many, many people, many black people here in San Francisco. And so I just wanna applaud and underscore uh, something I said in the previous session when we talked about this, that this is not about handouts. This is not about just giving money to people. This is about creating an infrastructure and providing access that has been denied and, and in fact taken away from Black people here in San Francisco for generations and generations. So I don't have a question, it's more of a just a a comment around really just highlighting that survey. It really stood out to me when you presented it earlier uh, and continues to resonate with me and it resonated with me um, during our previous discussion as well. Thank you.
12: Thank you. Uh, Thank you, Madam Chair. I just want to thank uh, all the presenters today. Uh, It's a very historic day, uh, nonetheless. And and I believe uh, when it's all said and done, when it's all said and done, history is going to celebrate you all for your work, for the the courage, the strength, um, the dedication, and all the hours um, that it took to prepare uh, something that's not only going to be uh, read in this city, but it's going to be read across the country and and the world, uh, for a matter of fact. As we know, slave, slavery is, is this nation's original sin, and, and we are trying to work uh, towards a restorative justice because um, we know that the past affects the present and, and the future as well. Um, Chair McDonald, you, you mentioned uh, earlier in your presentation that there's critics in this city and, and across California and across uh, this nation. I, my question to you is those for those critics who say that this country has already paid for reparations to African-Americans through affirmative action. How how would you respond to that?
4: It's a good question. I mean, my response would be there has not been any demonstrable systemic approach to repairing the harms of African-Americans in this country. Um, the efforts that have been languishing um, in Congress for the last 40 years um, around H.R. 40 um, continue to languish. Um, have there been episodic moments? Um, arguably, yes. But systemic? Arguably not at all. Um, and what we are calling for both here in San Francisco and what the national call for is for collective systemic repair, which begins with acknowledgement, right, and then begins to speak to commitments of non-repeat, and then begins to speak to all the ways in which repair can, can manifest itself. So that would be my, my response.
12: Uh, thank you. Thank you for your response. My, my second question my, and my last question would be, is just this idea of, of a formal apology and the pushback that, that from those that are saying like, hey, why should I apologize for something that occurred when I wasn't alive? and and your response to that as well.
4: Not everybody accepts this kind of construct that I'm going to lift up, but I believe it relevant, which is arguably over history, many outside of black community have benefited on the backs of not just the acts of chattel slavery, Um, but all of the systemic and structural racism that has created favorable opportunities for other communities outside of black folks. And therefore you personally may not have been quote unquote the culprit, but arguably you have been a significant benefactor. You are living in the house, right? And if you're living in the house, then arguably you have a responsibility right to acknowledge the benefits you've inherited and therefore part of the apology at, or at least acknowledgement is yours
12: understood well said thank you uh, madam
3: chair yield back do any of the other commissioners have anything to add okay well
0: i i want to reiterate Chair Mac, Mac, uh, McDonald, went over the three overall recommendations, which I think also think that um, reflect what we can be doing, which is which was Dr. Davis's focus. What can we be doing now at this point? There are definite things that we can be doing. And so, you know, I love that outline of acknowledgement, amends, and then how do we not continue to do this, right? Um, I just want to repeat the overall recommendations so that they're clear uh, to everyone so that we can then think about what our endorsement looks like. The city and county of San Francisco and its agencies must issue a formal apology for past harms and commit to making substantial ongoing systemic and programmatic investments in Black communities to address historical harms. This is something that we can do, this is something that we have done with the. Indigenous population under tribal leadership, just as we have done that we open our meetings with the land acknowledgement, the American Indian cultural district was established now we're looking at land reclamation. Um, So these are all part of the steps and we it's not new. The second, the the city and county of San Francisco must establish an independent office of reparations within the city to execute this plan. This office must track implementation of the recommendations of the reparations plan and ensure the continued success of programs. It's one thing to have a a task force for a couple of years uh, and shelve things, having an office, that is fully funded and a regular part of the budget makes total sense in terms of implementation. Um, So that we haven't given lip service. We know that 2020 in that summer, when we were able to all stand together, come together and demand action, including the passing of the ordinance that established the committee that established uh, the Dreamkeepers budget as well. All that happened then. And then since September of 2020, we have seen an extraordinary backlash and moving backwards and recent surveys and polls show that the majority of Californians oppose reparations, not that they know what they are, uh, but they've always, Uh, in terms of black people, in terms of African American people, uh, it's a sidebar or even the butt of a joke as opposed to that's never been true with talking about the Japanese Americans who were interned during World War II uh, and they were Americans. So we are Americans and we have established through this amazing report, which shows the historical basis of the harm, uh, we are entitled to redress. The third, the city and county of San Francisco must create and fund a committee of community stakeholders such as a reparations stakeholder authority or similar to ensure equity and continuity in the implementation of relevant policy initiatives, independent of the city and county of San Francisco. And this is a way to address, I think, the 209 issues. Uh, It it doesn't explicitly say, but, you know, I am happy to, uh, given that I sit on the statewide board for the League of Women Voters of California, Uh, these kinds of collaborations with the league, with different foundations, uh, with different uh, independent community-based organizations is extremely important. And however we can help with that, whether they're corporate foundations that some of the commissioners might have access to, Um, Yeah, I'm looking at, I'm looking, I'm looking at y'all. Okay, so um, that's, you know, these are all doable. These are doable. We can do them. And uh, I believe that we need to support them. Vice
3: Chair Shaw. Oh, my mic.
1: There we go. Thank you, Madam Chair. I move that we endorse the report and add our names in support of the report.
0: Is there a second to the motion?
3: A second? It's been moved and seconded. Commissioner Sweet, their discussion.
4: There we go. I I want this was we knew this was coming. We've been in this discussion for weeks. I was actually surprised when I saw the agenda that it only called for discussion and not action. And I'm wondering if um, if this is a is this going to be a formal action that we're calling for today, and is that appropriate with the way this was agendized? I,
0: I think it's appropriate, given that we've had ample public notice of the discussion.
3: They should know that. Look my phone, on. Director Davis.
6: So, without um, the city attorney here and having no credentials, I will say, um, I think that a a vote would not be um, I don't want to say legal, but a vote would it would be a vote, but it would not you'd have to come back the next meeting and do a formal vote. I think you could say theoretically, you know, if this were to go to vote, this is how we would vote, but I think it would not count because it has not been it was not agendized as an action item. So because it's listed as a discussion item, um, community could arguably say, if I had known you were gonna vote on it, I would have come. So that's the only um, issue.
3: Well, uh,
0: I think we should take the vote. Uh, and move forward with it. And if we need to, again, ratify it uh, September 28th, that's fine too. But I think that we should move forward with um, the motion that's on the table right now, um, so that we have voiced as a body our support prior to the Board of Supervisors meeting and, and uh, the, the rally. And so, um, and if anybody from the community who wishes to dispute that this, you know, that they knew that they did somehow didn't know that we have been talking about this since July 7th, um, I think that we can certainly address that. And if that sounds like the take initiative, act now, seek forgiveness later, that's precisely what it is.
3: Is there any further discussion about the motion? Commissioner Sweet.
4: Can, is is this is the motion to endorse the entire report or the three overarching recommendations in the introduction?
1: The entire report. Thank you. Mm-hmm.
0: Do you want to read the motion again? Sure.
1: I move that we endorse the entire report and add our names in support of the report.
3: And I'm gonna call the question. Secretary McKnight, would you please call the roll?
2: As I call your name, please uh, signify with I uh, in regards to accepting the motion as presented by Vice Chair Shaw. Chair Clopton, aye. Vice Chair Shaw, aye. Commissioner Duran, aye. Commissioner Emran, aye. Aye. Commissioner Johnson, aye. Commissioner Pellegrini, commissioner Sweet, pass. Commissioner
3: Riley. Chair by quorum, we have a pass of the vote as
2: for the. Submitted. Motion. The
0: motion is.
2: Motion carries is
0: is, the motion carries. Thank you. I want to thank Director Davis and Chair McDonald, Vice Chair Hollins for this uh, presentation. And I do uh, once again wish to recognize and thank all of the members of the African American Reparations Advisory Council for their groundbreaking work. Uh, To everyone in attendance and those listening virtually, please make attending the September 19th Board of Supervisors hearing a priority. If you cannot attend in person, please attend virtually. Your presence will be seen and documented. Uh, We need to all attend and show our support That includes all the Commissioners, um, this is only gonna happen. We can only move uh, reparations forward together. So with that, I wanna thank everyone. Mr. Secretary, please call the next item.
2: Item five, activities in the community. Commissioners report out on events in the community they have attended or wish to notify the commission of this is a discussion item, there will be public comment.
0: Commissioners, would you like to share any activities you've participated in since we last met, or would you like to amplify any upcoming activities.
3: Thanks, Joe.
11: Commissioner Duran. No, just I wanna say how happy and glad to have uh, crossed paths with you, Commissioner Yi Riley at the um, San Francisco Lowrider Council, King of the Streets event, uh, which also included a partnership between Asians are strong and Carnival San Francisco so that we can uh, meet network share stories share space and have a great time and uh that tomorrow is the uh mexican independence day el grito uh, here at city hall hosted by our very own mayor london Breed. and at the civic center plaza we will have uh resources music and a great time so everyone's welcome tomorrow from 3 to 8 p.m
0: Commissioner
12: Emron. Thank you. Thank you, Madam Chair. I just want to thank all my commissioners uh, on, on a great, great meeting today. Um, on, on Saturday, this upcoming Saturday, I'll be attending the San Francisco Black Firefighters Ball. It's to benefit. The San Francisco Fire Youth Academy It will be held here in downtown San Francisco. It's my second year attending. Uh, there'll be a casino night and a live DJ and a great uh, guest speaker on tap. I think the mayor will also be in attendance too. Uh, so really, really looking forward to it for such a good cause. Thank you.
0: Commissioner Shaw,
1: Just to reiterate what you said, Madam Chair, I do plan on being at the September 19 Board of Supervisors for that historic final reparations report, as well as the rally. So looking forward, thank you.
3: I know we
0: saw the flyer, but what time is the rally? Noon. Okay, so okay, so noon and then two o'clock is the meeting, and three o'clock is the agenda agenda item. Okay, got it. Commissioner Riley.
10: Yes, I also want to uh, say that I enjoy uh, the Asian and Latinas cook. Um, there was a mariachi band and mm-hmm. it was. Excellent, delicious uh, food, Latinas and Asian food. And I want to thank uh, Commissioner Duran for organizing that. It was a great event. Well attended. And I also attended the uh, Women Equity uh, Roundtable Discussion with uh, Speaker Maritha Nancy Pelosi. That was really well attended. Is her mic on? You can hear me? Barely. It's on, it's on. That's better. Okay, and um, the Stand Together SF and Campaign for Solidarity meeting was um, on the 12th. Um, the meeting was at the uh, Booker T. Washington Center. And uh, we met representative from uh, many different organizations. And uh, the center is uh, very well run. I was very impressed, and they offer um, after-school programs and many other youth programs as well. And they were able to house, uh, provide housing for fifty families in that small place. And we um, we um, uh, visit one of the empty ones, and it was really great. And um, It was a very productive meeting and thank you to uh, Secretary John McKnight for all your hard work for organizing it and invite all of the um, different organizations Um, was getting better every time. So hopefully our next one, we have a lot more participants. Thank you.
3: Thank you.
0: Well, I will definitely be here on Tuesday. And with that, I will open the floor to public comment. Are there any members of the public attending in person who would like to comment on this item? And and this item are the activities in the community.
2: Comment, public comments, two minutes. Please state your name if you'd like your name to be recorded in the minutes. Chair, I see no persons attending in person who wish to make comment on this item.
0: Are there any members of the public who would like to provide testimony remotely? Please use the raised hand function.
2: People attending remotely are invited to make public comment, public comments of two minutes. Chair, I see no persons attending remotely who wish to make comment on this item.
0: Seeing none, public testimony. Uh, Wait, Chair, we have Malik Senefru. Who has raised his hand.
2: Make sure he maybe repeat what the Malik, you go ahead.
9: Hello, I just wanted to make sure I heard clearly because um uh because I'm here in Double Rock, the, the, the sound tends to go in and out. I just wanted to make sure I heard uh, clearly what um the last uh uh sentiments were so that I could respond to it.
0: Remind him what this item is. This item is uh item five on the agenda, which are the community, the activities in the community of the commissioners.
9: Okay, wonderful, wonderful. Uh, I'm, I just wanna make sure I had it right before I start communicating. Um, I do have an event uh, at the uh, Southeast uh, Community uh, um, Community Center at uh, 1550, um, at 1550 Evans, uh, which is in regard to uh, uh, resilience, art, and trauma. Uh, and I invite uh, the board, if you uh, would like to come by and we'll talk things on uh, the level of the city and the struggle that we've been uh, seeing for years and now it's just coming to a head. Uh, so I just want to, in regard to events happening in uh, uh, the city to uh, bring that forward along with um, I will be leading a a black reparations mural, uh, which I'm trying to get touched up in Alice Griffith, Double Rock. This is just something so that you guys know. And I hope I'm not talking too much off-term, but I just wanted to uh, make sure that I was in, uh, could bring that forward. Thank you.
2: Are there any members of the public who wish to make comment on this item? Chair, I see no members of the public offering comment on this item.
0: Seeing none, public testimony is now closed. Please call the next item. Item six, adjournment. Is there a a motion to adjourn the meeting? I move. Is there a second? I wanna thank uh, the members of the public and commissioners for participating in the September 14th, 2023 convening of the San Francisco Human Rights Commission Our next meeting is scheduled for Thursday, September 28th, 2023 at 5 p.m. Is there any objection to adjourning? Seeing none by acclamation, this meeting is adjourned.